This is Jim Pruitt, and you listen to another episode of the Farm So Hard podcast. So I farm so hard, the employees want to find me. And then want to hire me. What's 100K to a guy like me? Could you please remind me? Farm so hard, this ain't easy. Working late nights, you best believe me. My grades can only go ace. Never want to see another B unless I'm Jay-Z. Farm so hard, let's get paid. What's good, fam? This is your host, Jim Pruitt, a.k.a. Farm D and ED. And we're bringing you another episode of the Farm So Hard podcast. Today, we're going to be ending our series on keeping up with COVID. And this one's going to be titled, The Immune System Needs to Calm Down. It just needs to chill. And I'm definitely going to be joined today by my special co-host, Oscar. Go ahead and tell me a little bit more about you. Hey, guys. My name is Oscar Santalo. I'm the Pharmacy Operations Manager at University of Florida Health in Leesburg. Excited to be here today wrapping up this COVID topic with you guys. Thank you, PharmD and ED, sir. Perfect. And I'm sorry, guys. I forgot this to shout out. I work at DU, a.k.a. MUSC in Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm also, you know, jumping back and forth to the Grady baby down in Atlanta. But it's not about us. Not, it's not about where we work. We have a content expert to wrap up this series, go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Theora Canonica. I am the infectious diseases inpatient pharmacist at the San Francisco VA. I'm super happy to be here today. All right. Yeah. So let's get down yeah. to it. This is it. This is it, guys. This is it for now, because everything's going to change like next month. But out of July, this is where we're at. So we're going to wrap up this COVID-19 discussion by discussing the last EAU products. And it's going to be the amino modulators. These are going to be the tocilizumab and the berry sitting in something that I, I don't know how to say that our content expert will help us out with. But the primary focus of this is to discuss the role of these agents in the treatment of hospitalized patients with COVID-19. Oscar, take it over for us. Yeah, for sure. So just uh, to briefly highlight the mechanism of action of uh, as what my IV techs like to call a little bit of TOSI. I've been very blessed not to see the other drug. I'm not even going to mention that one. Uh, for Ectemra or tocilizumab is a recombinant humanized monoclonal antibody that selectively binds to human interleukin-6 receptors and subsequently inhibits interleukin-6 mediated signaling through these receptors. Man, that drug looks familiar. Oh, yeah, it's for rheumatoid arthritis. Um, what is the other drug there, Theora? Thanks for passing that drug to me because I'm sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. ID pharmacists, we're not trained to say all these drug names. Does it make you mad? It does. It makes me so mad, but now my vocabulary <laughs> is bigger. And yours will be too, listeners. So the second drug is baricitinib or Tosi's friend, Barry. So Barry um, does a similar mechanism to tocilizumab, it only it inhibits the JAX enzyme, specifically one and two, which also work to stimulate the immune function through its own special pathway. So the, the key with these agents is they're modulating the immune system, like we mentioned earlier. And the way they do that is they stop this, these signaling pathways that essentially cause the body to create this giant, huge immune overreaction to what's happening. And so they calm down the immune system by, you know, stopping the shouting essentially through the, the JAX enzyme inhibition and the IL-6 inhibition. All righty, guys. So it seems that like, both of these agents definitely going to be, you know, occupying that inflammatory process, like, like you said, and it's going to be like the really sick people. So it's going to be the ones that I'm going to be dealing with if they come in and it's why I'm going to be garbed up, masked up. Uh, some people have to work from home doing the 
the whole COVID situation, I was right in the trenches, man, with all that crap on. So it's, it's definitely, we've seen a similar trend with all of these agents where uh, we have this road to the COVID-19 AUA approval. And it seems like it's a flip of a coin. It's like, oh, everything's approved. Everything's approved. But I'm pretty sure it, it's not that. Can you discuss a little bit more about this, this pathway to getting these agents approved? Absolutely. And this is probably my favorite story because it's a wild ride. Um, this story of the road to approval for Barrett Nib and, and Tosi is very similar to, to the MABs in that, um, I'm sorry, to Remdesivir, and that these were drugs that essentially had other functions before COVID came around. And so both of these drugs were actually FDA approved for use in rheumatoid arthritis, like you said, Oscar. Tosi was back in 2010 and Baricitinib in 2018. Tosi, I also want to highlight, had another um, FDA approval that's relevant to COVID-19, and that's it was approved in 2017 for the treatment of CAR T-cell-induced cytokine release syndrome. And why that's important is because if anyone remembers early, early pandemic, one of the, the... early theories about what was happening in COVID patients was that they were having this cytokine release storm. You may have remembered hearing that phrase over and over again. And it's a very similar process of what happens in patients with CAR T-cell therapy. And so the thought very early in the pandemic was like, oh, if these patients are having the cytokine release storm, like their IL-6 are high, they have D-dimers that are everywhere, have these crazy immune response or inflammatory responses going on, let's give them TOSI because it has an FDA approval for a very similar disease state. And so I will never forget, as a PGY2, sitting and waiting for hours for these labs to populate so that I can either approve or deny the use of tocilizumab in a COVID patient, just waiting and waiting. Um, so very early on in COVID therapy, like the 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 um, essentially the data for TOSI wasn't great. It was like a handful of patients. We didn't really see a difference. But then, lo and behold, literally last month. In June of 2021, it got an EUA approval for for COVID infection. And so it made quite a comeback. So it's why it's my favorite story. It went from being this like, why are we giving this to, okay, we need to give this. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about more why later. Um, Baricetinib had a much more straightforward story where it just got the EUA approval in November of 2020 to be used specifically in combination with remdesivir for COVID-19 patients. So a wild ride for these drugs. Yeah. And then you mentioned how all of a sudden you got an EUA approval for COVID-19. And of Uh course that had to happen with some data. Um, Can we highlight some some trials for uh, TOSI as we like to call it now? Uh, What is REMAPCAP and recovery? Can you just highlight those trials for us? Yeah, absolutely. We will stick with the relevant 2020 trials that led to this marvelous EUA from a couple of weeks ago. And so the REMAP-CAT trial was probably the first really robust trial looking at tocilizumab, because like I mentioned before that, it was just weird hodgepodge of cohorts that didn't show much of anything or that were really inconsistent. And so REMAP-CAT was actually a randomized controlled trial in the UK that was looking specifically at critically ill patients with severe COVID-19 that required respiratory or cardiovascular organ support. So that was either some kind of supplemental O2 or they needed pressors. Essentially, these patients were specifically admitted to the ICU within 24 hours. They'd received their their treatment, depending on what arm they were in, or they had to be essentially hospitalized within three days to receive their treatment. And that's important um, 
and we'll get into that, but essentially catching them early, patients with severe disease who need organ support, basically. And so they were, they were randomized to receive either tocilizumab, given eight migs per kg, max dose of eight, 800 milligrams, or they received just standard of care by itself. And so they found that the patients that received tocilizumab um, essentially demonstrated an improvement in their organ support free days because they were specifically looking at patients that needed some kind of organ support by a median of 10 days overall. And they had a reduction in their hospital mortality. It was about 28% for the patients that received TOSI versus 36% for those that just received standard of care, looking specifically at those really sick patients in, that are critically ill. And so the remap cap was the first really big, robust win for TOSI. And it's worth noting standard of care at the time that this trial happened did include the use of dexamethasone and that the patients in these trials were able to receive a second dose of TOSI about, I think it was like 12-ish to 24 hours later at the physician's discretion. So we don't know who got it. Um, wasn't a really giant amount of patients and there wasn't something that was looked at to see if that provided any benefit, which is a underlying theme in the paucity of TOSI data to this date. And in that same trial, were they getting remdesivir? Correct. They were. They were. This is a 2021 yeah. trial. Yes. Um, so standard of care was remdesivir plus dexamethasone, basically plus or minus TOSI. And then the second trial was the recovery group again, always uh, leading the way. So this was another multi-center UK study, randomized controlled trial that was looking specifically at adult patients with COVID that were admitted to the hospital with clinical evidence of progressive COVID. So these weren't critically ill patients in the ICU, like the last trial, these were patients that were looked like they were about to go to the ICU, basically. And they define this progressive COVID as having a SpO2 less than 92%, or these were patients that were on supplemental oxygen and had an elevated CRP, which was defined as 75 or greater. So they had they were showing signs of having worsening respiratory function essentially, and had signs of this hyper inflammatory process that was going on. So like that cytokine release syndrome we were talking about. And so these patients were randomized to either receive like a weight-based dose of TOSI similar to the other trial or just standard of care without the TOSI. And in this trial, standard of care was basically the same. Um, it was dexamethasone plus uh, remdesivir for the majority of the patients in this subset of recovery. And so what they found with these patients is essentially that TOSI, um, the, the key is TOSI in combination with steroids actually demonstrated a reduction in all-cause mortality. It was 29% versus 33% versus standard of care. So this is what really gave weight to, okay, it's okay to give tocimilizumab, which is an immunomodulator, with another immunomodulator, which is the steroids, which is standard of care everywhere. And it showed that that specific combination work the best really in these patients that are progressing in their disease state. And again, like the other trial, patients could get a second dose like 12 to 24 hours later at physician's discretion, which wasn't defined. And they didn't really look at any outcomes specifically at the patients that got two doses. So again, we still don't know, does the second dose really do anything? And who does it, if it does, who does it do something with? So that is still an unknown with these trials. And just for clarification, too, because when COVID first happened, Ectemra was being tried. They took it off. And then these trials came back, and then they got the EUA again, just Correct. to go down memory lane. 
All right. Awesome. Thank you for going over Tosi with me. All right. So since we did that, let's talk about the act with two T's two, and talk about Barbar. That's what I'm going to call it from now on Barbar. Yes, let's talk about Barbar. So Barbar, um, the Act 2 trial happened before all this lovely Tosi stuff we just talked about in 2020. So this was another really robust trial. It was multi-center randomized controlled trial. And they were looking at COVID patients that were hospitalized with an SpO2 less than 94% on room air or patients on supplemental O2. So they weren't specifically weeding out the critically ill patients. They were looking at those with a declining respiratory function, essentially. And so what this trial did is patients essentially were either um, allocated to receive remdesivir plus standard of care at like whatever was going on in 2020, or they were receiving uh, the baricitinib plus remdesivir. And the way that drug was given is it's an oral drug, which is, this is the only oral EUA drug we have for COVID. And it's given as for the standard dose is four milligrams daily. And it was given for 14 days or up until the patient was discharged from the hospital, whichever came first. So it's pretty lengthy period of time that patients received this drug. I want to note, though, that, again, this is a 2020 trial. So at the time, uh, corticosteroids weren't the standard of care, and they actually excluded patients from receiving corticosteroids pretty much in this trial. I think a small group did receive it. I can't remember the number, but Overall, that wasn't like the standard of care that was happening. They specifically excluded that because, you know, baricitinib is also suppressing the immune function and 14 days is a long time. And so what they were looking at for the primary endpoint for this trial was time to recovery in 29 days. And what they found was that patients that received the combination of baricitinib plus remdesivir demonstrated an overall reduction in median time to recovery compared to patients that just received remdesivir on its own. And it was like a one day difference. It was like seven versus eight days. Um, and they saw the greatest benefit for this berry remdesivir combination was observed in patients that required advanced oxygen support. So like high flow, nasal cannula, mechanical ventilation. And they saw that those patients would recover on average 10 days versus 18 days. So a week's difference. That's a little bit better for this drug. Um, yeah, that's very perfect. So we're getting to the point where we can talk about just summarizing a, a good bit of this. And what are some key considerations for the treatment of COVID-19? Because we talked about a good bit um, today and we talked about a good bit in this series, but particularly with these agents, we're talking about Barbara and Tosi. What are some key considerations for you? Yeah. So when you're looking at COVID patients, um, what's really important is to know where in the pathogenesis is my patient? Is my patient in that mild stage where they just got infected with the, with the virus and maybe a MAB is their best drug? Are they progressing into that like moderate to severe kind of symptom range where we still have an uncontrolled virus and remdesivir is good to use? Or have they progressed more from a viral pathology into now my inflammatory system is going haywire because my immune system is going crazy. Do I need to curb this? And that's when you're seeing like your patients progressing into severe or critical COVID. And that's the niche where these drugs, these immunomodulators in particular come into play. So both tocilizumab and baricitinib are most effective in those patients at risk of progressing into severe disease when they can stop that hyper yeah, that augmented inflammatory process before it even starts. And so with TOSI, we saw it 
demonstrated the most benefit when it was given with dexamethasone, whereas baricitinib has been shown in the one trial we have that's really great for it is that it should be given with remdesivir um, for treatment of, of COVID patients. And overall, there's a lack of strong evidence to determine who should get a second dose of TOSI. That's been inconsistent pretty much in all the trials. And so we don't know who that population is. So it can be really difficult as a pharmacist to argue against a second dose of TOSI. I feel like that's always emotional medicine when it's the second dose of TOSI, because there's no real concrete evidence to guide who should get it, really. And unfortunately, even in these robust trials and under these EUAs, that is still an unanswered question. But regardless, when you're thinking about using either of these agents, it's really important to screen your patients for laboratory abnormalities. There's a lot of dose adjustments that need to happen with Barry if their labs are out of whack or if they're on concomitant drugs that have drug-drug interactions. So please run those drug-drug interaction reports get the proper labs like LFTs, their renal function, their ANC, et cetera, to make sure that we're excluding patients that might be harmed from using these agents and that for patients we are considering it, we're dosing the drugs appropriately, particularly um, the bare bear one. And unfortunately at this time, there's, there is a paucity of data for the concomitant use of tocilizumab and baricitinib for the same patient. Um, I feel like this is something that will get looked at eventually in the future. I'm sure it happens, but there's a lack of robust data really looking at using both of these immunomodulators in the same patient for the treatment of COVID-19. And so at this time, the IDSA guidelines recommend against the combination, but that might be something that is looked at in the future and that might change. And just out of curiosity, like for like the TOSI that you're highlighting earlier, what's, what was a normal turnaround time for you to get in a Lucan 6 laboratory out of curiosity? Yeah, excellent question. Actually, like, um, we, I don't think we ever got the interleukin 6 specifically. Again, this was like early COVID scrambling and a lot of labs where I work are like send out labs. And I think by the time we figured out the most places I've been that way, send out lab, which is a week turnaround time. So that's pointless. Um, It was more so getting (laughs) those other surrogate markers when you can't get the IL-6 because the early studies were looking specifically at IL-6, which made it impossible to use the drug. So we use things like the D-dimer. What else did we look at? Uh, I just remember D-dimer. Because yeah. um, another thing I had to look into was that we try to use CRP, CRP as part of the inclusion criteria. But I remember that like with the use of steroids, it can mess with the CRP a little bit. It could bring it down. So you have to take that into consideration either. So I think we probably confuse our audience a little bit more, if anything. But they know more things now at the same time. Um, so yeah, thank you, Thier. Nah, it is, it is wild. That's why but even a year out, you know, just kind of reviewing everything. Um, so, you know, if you could hit us with some of the nuggets and just like kind of just summarize this episode uh, for the audience and even me and Jimmy, because I think me and Jimmy are kind of just learning <laughs> every second of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the key summaries is that for tocilizumab and baricitinib, like these are agents we've been using in, in other disease states. So, but the ones that we've been using previously have been more long-term use. This is a, a new realm of using these drugs in the short-term use. And so as we get more data, we'll learn about, you know, what are really the adverse effects 
we're seeing in the COVID patient population so far, based on the trials we have now, we don't see a lot, which is great. Um, but these drugs are mostly going to be used in the patients that are progressing to severe COVID, um, where again, the underlying issue that's causing their organ dysfunction is, is mostly being provoked by their immune system that's aggravating their inflammatory process that's causing all these issues. And so Tosi and Barry have now have good data that's showing that those are the patients that should get these drugs. But again, with any immunomodulator and with really any drug, there's always risks with giving drugs, um, particularly ones that are suppressing immune systems um, very potently. And so it's very important to make sure you're screening your patients to to make sure that they have no laboratory abnormalities that would put them at risk for for treating them, um, to make sure we're dose adjusting baricitinib where we need to dose it. Um, with those laboratory abnormalities and, you know, being vigilant with, with the data as it comes in. And, and I'm sure we'll see different combinations as the standard of care kind of evolves for COVID um, and maybe answer the question of, do we give Tosi and baricitinib in the, in the same patient? Is that better or worse than giving that with dexamethasone, um, which is still kind of an unknown question. So we shall see where this evolves, but for now, it seems that these drugs have their place in, in those really severe cases of COVID. And uh, I can also see down the road more MUEs on uh, oh, yes. Ectemra because mm-hmm. now uh, it looks like everyone was in the same boat from a budging perspective, just so most people know that pharmacies have been fortunate where they were pulling some of these drugs out of the budget, but this year it's in the budget. So right now we actually all have to put on our thinking hats and lots of MUEs and posters and things like that because of, um, yeah, like cost is one thing, but we want to make sure that we're giving the right drug at the right time at the right dose, right? So it's very crucial right now. So if you guys come up with something, please share and just add us. We'll definitely get you guys on for sure. Yeah. So again, um, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate having you on, Thira. Thank you for taking time to explain everything to us, uh, especially from an ID pharmacy specialist perspective. Um, I'm sure Jimmy is going to school some ID folks when they round in his ED. Oh, yeah. Did, <laughs> did, did you know that this was first started to be used, you know, in West Africa and in Bolivia? Did you know that? <laughs> nah, you didn't know. You didn't know. Like, don't be mad. I denied your mad. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yo, I really appreciate y'all listening to today's episode of Farm So Hard. Uh, my name is Oscar Santalo, and uh, we have FarmD in the ED. Go ahead. Sure. Yep. Thank you guys again for listening. This was a, a phenomenal series, and you guys can definitely send us all your questions. You can go to business. We're on every social media platform. If you Google Farm So Hard, we're lucky enough to where it's going to come up on Twitter, Instagram. Um, we even have a TikTok. Like we, 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 we're everywhere. So guys, <laughs> just if you want to communicate with us, please reach out to us. Email us at farmsohard2019 at Gmail. We'll get back to you and let us know what you want to hear. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Jimmy Pruitt. And it's been a phenomenal series. And I hope you guys really got something out of this. Visit the show notes. Click, subscribe, like. <clears throat> I'll say it again. <clears throat> Click, subscribe, and like. Thank you guys so much. Um, and to our phenomenal, phenomenal, super intelligent, makes me feel like the stupidest person in the world. Thank you so much, Yura. Uh, give us more information about you. 
Yes, thank you, Oscar, and thank you, Jimmy, for letting me ramble about ID things, which I love <laughs> so, so much. And thank you, listeners, for listening uh, to the COVID series. Um, my name's Theora Kanonica. You can find me on LinkedIn with that name. I'm sure I'm the only one. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at IDFarmD. And thank you again. It's been a real pleasure to, to talk with you guys. No, all right. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you guys for listening again and keep farming hard, y'all. Hey, guys, I'm going to end this series out with uh, the famous ending. So, guys, you don't have to be a pharmacist. You don't have to work in an ED. You don't have to be an ID pharmacist. But everything you do, make sure you farm so hard. Closes it. Ozzy scratches his head. Whatever she's looking for, it isn't in there. <laughs> <laughs>